the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The stalemate over the vote for speaker continues. All of the steps that he's taking to pick up the gavel could in the end make him a pretty anemic speaker. After nearly two years in office, President Biden finally unveils his border plan. It seems like the Biden administration gives anybody who shows up uh, at the border with a pulse parole. Bed Bath & Beyond stocks are in free fall. And the company is considering bankruptcy. They just executed it extremely poorly under two consecutive uh, CEOs. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, January 6th. I'm Mike Scott. A speaker has not been elected. For the third day in a row, the U.S. House is still without a speaker. So far, Kevin McCarthy has not been able to convince the 20 Republican holdouts to give him their votes during 11 rounds of balloting. But Kevin McCarthy is undeterred. Look, this is a new thought we're going to have to have. We have a five-seat majority. So it's not one side's going to get more than another. It's the entire conference is going to have to learn how to work together. So it's better that we go through this process right now so we can achieve the things we want to achieve for the American public, what our commitment was. So if this takes a little longer and it doesn't meet your deadline, that's okay. Because it's not, it's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And if we finish well, we'll be very successful. Reporter Kelly Meyer tells us there may be hope for McCarthy yet. I am told there may be an end in sight. Right now there is some sort of tentative deal on the table between McCarthy allies and that group of never-Kevin conservatives. It would mean some major concessions on the side of McCarthy, but it would mean that he could get the gavel in his hands. But I put this out there with a big star next to it because it could take 72 hours to go through all these proposed rule changes. It gets a little wonky in there, and it might push this vote into the weekend. And again, we don't know what exactly is in this deal and what more needs to be negotiated. We still are in the camp of let's see what happens next. However, Meyer points out that until there is a speaker, lawmakers can't get to work. And that has some Republican representatives concerned for national safety. The delay keeping the House on hold. No members sworn in, no bills passed, no hearings held. Today, a new warning from top Republicans on committees handling national security, saying, quote, we cannot let personal politics place the safety and security of the United States at risk. Over on the Democrat side, presumptive minority leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York says that he hopes the speakership is settled soon so they can get to work for the American people. Everyone, this is day three of the Republicans not being able to organize themselves in a manner that allows the Congress to move forward in order to get the business of the American people done. House Democrats are ready 
willing and able to get to work on behalf of the American people. But we need a willing partner on the other side of the aisle. It's my hope that today the House Republicans will stop the bickering, stop the backbiting, and stop the backstabbing of each other so we can have the back of the American people. According to new reports, the deal that McCarthy and many of the GOP members who have opposed his speakership have tentatively come to agree upon sees that House Freedom Caucus members have a stronger presence on committees. He will impose new controls on spending and allow a single member of the House to make a motion to remove the speaker. Many believe that these changes could get McCarthy the 218 votes that he needs. In light of these developments, lawmakers say McCarthy could be in a position to become the next speaker over the next few days, barring additional requests for changes along the way. Phil Wegman of Real Clear Politics says the problem for McCarthy is that if his latest concessions don't work, there's not much else he can offer holdouts. I think we're going to find out whether or not the concessions from McCarthy are going to be enough to at least pique the interest of some of these Freedom Caucus members. He knows, though, and this was a point that was made by uh, Brett Baer repeatedly yesterday, that he's running out of arrows. There's only so many concessions that he can give to these conservatives to get their votes and get them on board. Uh, because on the flip side, if he says yes to motion to vacate, if he says yes to allowing more of these conservatives on the Rules Committee, so on and so forth, uh, it is going to make it more difficult for him to wrestle the House when he needs to get the GOP caucus on the same page. Um, it's certainly possible that all of the steps that he's taking to pick up the gavel could, in the end, make him a pretty anemic speaker. Wegman explains how this inter-party fight is a continuation of the fight between conservatives and some moderate Republicans. I think that what we're seeing right now is you really do have a Republican Party that's in the wilderness, but there's no Moses to guide them out, <laughs> right? You're not going to have Donald Trump step in, Jim Jordan, any of these more conservative populist folks bring the party together because you have the moderates who are suspicious of the right flank and vice versa. Um, and I think that if we look at this through a soda straw and we only see what's happening currently, we, we miss the, the forest for the trees. The fight that Kevin McCarthy is having Having right now is a continuation of the GOP civil war, more or less, that um, Boehner and Paul Ryan had with many of these same conservatives. These guys are, are frustrated and they're concerned. The reason why they're, they're fighting McCarthy now is they look over to the Senate chamber. They see Minority Leader Mitch McConnell shaking hands with President Biden, celebrating his infrastructure package at a photo op in Kentucky uh, yesterday. And these conservatives are saying to themselves, well, we need to fight now. We need to put a marker down now so that if he does pick up the gavel, uh, McCarthy is not going to so easily acquiesce to everything that the Biden administration wants. Wegman goes on to suggest that some of the issues McCarthy is having with Republican holdouts is simply that they don't trust him.
I think that perhaps some of these principal disagreements are just further curdling the bad blood that does exist currently. I mean, we saw McCarthy and what was a real flex move into the House Speaker's office before he even had the votes. Right. And I think that, yes, he has done a lot to shore up his right flank. He uh, stood with conservatives and complained about the omnibus. He has pushed for more um, to happen on the southern border. Uh, the, the guy is, is much more aligned uh, with you know, populist conservatives than maybe Ryan or Boehner was. He's certainly an ally of the, the former president. Uh, but yeah, uh, maybe it does come down to uh, they don't feel like um, he is in their corner. And, and frankly, um, you know, if you listen to the argument from Representative Jim Jordan, uh, who essentially said, you know, McCarthy isn't an ideologue. He's kind of flexible, and that's the best kind of speaker to have because he can be flexible in the conservative direction. Um, you know, maybe some of these House conservatives are hearing that and saying, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, the, the, the snapping and the, the anger in committee hearings behind closed doors, um, maybe that just further turns them off. The House has voted to adjourn until noon today to try again. Lawmakers say the McCarthy speaker fight portends to a debt ceiling crisis. And Daybreak Insider's congressional correspondent, Bernie Bennett, explains how. Lawmakers in both parties warn that the messy, drawn-out battle over electing the next House Speaker is raising the danger of a debt limit crisis later this year. Conservatives in the House are demanding that the next Speaker, whether it's Representative Kevin McCarthy or someone else, make a stand against passing a clean debt limit increase, which would set up a major fight with Senate Democrats and President Biden. A group of seven conservatives opposed to McCarthy's bid to be the speaker circulated a Dear Colleague letter last month demanding that the next speaker, quote, commit to not raising the debt ceiling without a concrete plan to cap spending and operate under a budget that balances in 10 years. Bernie Bennett at the Capitol. On Thursday, after nearly two years in the White House, the Biden administration announced plans to curb illegal immigration at the southern border. President Biden began a speech seeming to point the finger at Republicans for the border crisis. You may recall cover this area. They cover it well. I sent Congress a comprehensive piece of legislation that would completely overhaul what has been a broken immigration system for a long time. Cracking down on illegal immigration strengthening legal immigration and protecting dreamers, those who with temporary protective status find farm workers, who all are part of the fabric of our nation. But congressional Republicans have refused to consider my comprehensive plan. And they rejected my uh, recent request for an additional $3.5 billion to secure the border. Biden then went on to explain how his administration plans to tackle the illegal migrant crisis. First, if they're seeking asylum, they can use an app on their cell phone called CBP1, O-N-E, CBP1, O-N-E. That's to spell it out, not the number one. To schedule an appointment at a port of entry and make their asylum claim there without crossing the border unlawfully and have a decision determined by an asylum officer, do they qualify? Second. In October, we work with the Mexican government to launch a new parole program. There's another program called, you all know it, but the public may not, called the parole program that immediately showed results by reducing the number of people crossing the border unlawfully. 
The way this parole program works, one must have a lawful sponsor here in the United States who agrees to sponsor you to get here. Then that person has to go undergo rigorous background checks and apply from outside the United States and not cross the border illegally in the meantime. If they apply and their application is approved, they can use the same app, the CBP-1 app, to present at a port of entry and be able to work in the United States legally for two years. That's the process. But if their application is denied, or if they attempt to cross into the United States unlawfully, they'll be returned back to Mexico and will not be eligible for this program after that. Biden then pleaded with illegal immigrants to use the app and apply to enter the U.S. lawfully. Do not, do not just show up at the border. Stay where you are and apply legally from there. Starting today, if you don't apply through the legal process, you will not be eligible for this new parole program. Let me reiterate, you need a lawful sponsor in the United States of America, number one, and you need to undergo a rigorous background check, number two. If your application is approved and you show up at at a U.S. airport or when and where directed, you have access. But if your application is denied or you attempt to cross into the United States unlawfully, you will not be allowed to enter. In addition to his plan, the administration will accept a total of 30,000 people per month from four nations over two years and offer the ability to legally work as long as they come legally and have eligible sponsors and pass vetting and background checks. News Nation's Marky Martin explains how that system will work. Those nations are Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. And this program would allow 30,000 migrants from those nations to enter the United States every single month, as long as they do so legally. Uh, President Biden also saying today for any migrant who no longer follows legal protocol, they face expulsion. They will not be granted access to the United States. President Biden also calling on Congress, specifically pointing a finger at Republicans uh, to get more serious on a bipartisan solution. After the president's speech, Republican Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma says that he's happy to hear that the president is willing to tackle the border, but he wonders why it took so long. President Biden announced today during a press conference that he wants to start working on stopping illegal immigration on our southwest border. It's good to be able to hear that rhetoric. Looking forward to seeing how that's followed up with action. He also presented several different administrative options that he has and things that he's going to do in the days ahead to try to stop the flow. My simple question is, why haven't you done those things in the last two years? We've seen record numbers of people illegally crossing our southern border. I have said now for two years the president has authorities he's choosing not to use. Apparently now he's going to start to use some of those authorities to be able to slow down the flow. Langford went on to say that there is a need to fix the American immigration system through legislation. There is also a need for legislative options to be able to strengthen the asylum system, to be able to make it more clear, and to be able to work through the process of how we turn people around our southern border so we have an orderly process at our ports of entry. I work with the previous two presidents on immigration reform. I'm glad to be able to work with this president to try to get something done if he's really serious about trying to be able to work on 
actually stopping the flow of illegal immigration, not just opening the borders up even more and more as he's done the last two years. So we'll see what this looks like in the days ahead as we work through this process together. But I'm glad the president's going. He will get an earful when he gets there if he really chooses to listen. Heritage Foundation Senior Research Fellow Simon Hankinson tells the Salem Radio Network he was less than thrilled with President Biden's speech. I I came out of it, I think, uh, less optimistic that there's going to be any uh, improvement on the border in the next year. Hankinson says the president couldn't help himself but had to play politics during the speech. There was a lot of blaming the Republican Party for for not solving the immigration problem because they didn't accept uh, President Biden's immigration bill when he when he first came into office. Hankinson went on to say that the president's initiative raises several legal questions. The Biden administration has gone way further than even Obama and Clinton before him in, um, as he said, you know, acting on his own. Uh, and it, to my view, at least, and many others, he's doing so in violation of the law. Hankinson tells the Salem Radio Network that Biden's approach to immigration reform leaves a lot to be desired. It seems like the Biden administration gives anybody who shows up uh, at the border with a pulse uh, parole. And, and that, to me, is just a blatant abuse of, uh, of, of the delegated powers of, of his administrative discretion. The president is planning a trip to El Paso, Texas this weekend, his first trip to the southern border as president, before a planned trip to Mexico City to meet with North American leaders on Monday. A Senate panel will investigate the flight delays and cancellations that stranded thousands of Southwest Airline passengers over the Christmas holidays. Daybreak insider Bob Agnew is on Capitol Hill with more on this story. Commerce, Science and Transportation Committee Chairwoman Maria Cantwell says hearings will be held in concert with the reauthorization of FAA mandates and oversight, something that happens every five years. It is up for renewal in 2023. Cantwell says senators will examine ways in which the FAA can strengthen consumer protections and airline operations. Southwest canceled more than 60 percent of its flights in a three-day span around Christmas, citing the impact of a massive winter storm. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. On Thursday, the retail chain Bed Bath & Beyond warned that it is considering bankruptcy. Citing declining sales, the retailer issued a going concern, warning that in the upcoming months, it will likely not have the cash to cover expenses. Bed Bath & Beyond said it's now exploring financial options, such as restructuring, seeking additional capital, or selling assets. In addition to a potential bankruptcy. The company's market value has fallen to about $149 million as of Thursday's close. Bloomberg's John J. Edwards says that Bed Bath & Beyond has fallen to a series of compounding errors. They've had a lot of uh, execution problems on top of the issues that are afflicting, you know, retailers in general. You know, so they've uh, they've had just multiple quarters of, you know, uh, negative uh, growth. Uh, They have been uh, really struggling with their merchandise mix. And and now it's been, you know, cascading for for some time. You know, we've we've been reporting, uh, you know, that uh, suppliers have been holding off on, uh, you know, giving them product because they're concerned 
that, uh, you know, they're not going to be around forever. They're not going to get paid. And uh, as we see today, you know, they issued a going concern warning. So, you know, they're, uh, they're worried they okay. might not stay in business. Edwards highlights one of the major issues that has plagued the retailer. A lot of the problem has been their their private label strategy. They they bet big, you know, starting uh, you know several years ago on uh, designing more of their own products. You know, ideally, if that works, you know, you, you get uh, higher margins because you're not paying outside suppliers for things. Uh, the problem is that they just executed it extremely poorly under two consecutive uh, CEOs. E-commerce giant Amazon and business software maker Salesforce are the latest U.S. tech companies to announce major job cuts. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this developing story. Amazon says it'll be cutting about 18,000 positions. It's the largest set of layoffs in the Seattle-based company's history, although just a fraction of its 1.5 million global workforce. Salesforce is laying off about 8,000 employees, or 10% of its workforce. Major technology companies are pruning their payrolls that they rapidly expanded during a two-year boom spurred by the pandemic lockdown. Tech show CES will not allow any Russian companies to display their products at the event because of the country's invasion of Ukraine. Daybreak Insider Karen Chamas has more on this story. The Consumer Technology Association, the trade group that organizes the Las Vegas event, said the move has only impacted one potential exhibitor. No Russian exhibitors were present at last year's show, but four attended virtually in 2021. The US is among 30 countries that have sanctioned Russia over the invasion. CEO Gary Shapiro said some Ukrainian tech companies and startups will display their gadgets at the Las Vegas show. Shapiro has previously called Russia's invasion a tragic and illegal assault on Ukraine. I'm Karen Chamas. And finally... Do you or someone you know need help with a parking ticket? Well, help may be on the way in the form of the world's first robot lawyer, who will soon take its first case to court next month, as the AI legal assistant will be helping a defendant fight a traffic ticket. The startup Do Not Pay, who has created the AI, says that the robot will run on a smartphone and listen to the court's arguments in real time. Then it will tell the defendant what to say in a pair of headphones. The makers of the robot lawyer are not disclosing the location of the court or the name of the defendant. Do Not Pay CEO Joshua Browder says that the AI he created does a lot more than fight speeding tickets. Do Not Pay empowers the little guy to fight back. So it finds a legal defense in your ticket and sends it off to the government and gets you money back. But it does a lot more than that. We fight companies and the government across 200 areas of the law. As for success rates, Browder says it's not too bad. Around 65%. You get 65% overturned? That's right. But that's actually the lowest success rate out of all of our products. So what are the other success rates? Well, a lot of the time it's um, 100% successful because you're just jumping through a hoop, like cancelling a gym membership where they make you send a letter to a P.O. box just to get out of it. Browder explains that while living lawyers do have some input, his service is really completely automated. 
We have lawyers who help us, but it's fully automated. But this stuff isn't rocket science. There's not a lawyer who would get out of bed to help you with a $50 <laughs> Comcast refund. So we're um, expanding the legal system in an underserved way. Browder explains why he believes AI will help serve some legal needs. Below $10,000, um, these big companies know that they can get away with ripping people off because no one will fight back. So technology is perfect at doing that because these disputes are very clear-cut. If um, you want to cancel your gym membership, you should just be able to do that. And if they don't do it, then they should be harmed in small claims court. Should they lose the case, Do Not Pay has agreed to cover any fines. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.